0: We want your zoo opinions. Yeah, Sean went to the zoo today. And And, and uh, Jamie's
1: like, isn't that problematic? And I was like, wait, like, you mean the Bronx Zoo in particular? And she's like, no, no, just zoos and keeping animals in captivity. Um,
0: Like the elephants and shit. Like, I've heard people say that zoos are bad, even the ones that we thought were good, like the Bronx Zoo, whose mission is conservation. Um, And, like, I actually don't know enough about the zoo to know who's right. I just know that I have fond memories. My grandparents taking me to the Bronx Zoo. Of course. When I was a little kid. It's incredible. um, It's a great place. Maybe, maybe it turns out (laughs) that my grandparents are bad for doing that or my grandfather was bad, you know, rest in power.
1: Absolutely, I see. I I cannot more fundamentally disagree with that. The Bronx Zoo is an incredible place because it just stays the same. I feel like it was the same in like the nineteen sixties when they built all the brutalism there, and hasn't really changed since with all the beaux arts from like the early twentieth century. It's like it's a real mainstay. It's a real nostalgia place in my mind. I mean,
0: they have new exhibits and new exhibit halls, though, like the monkey one. Yeah, that was built like a few years ago. That's pretty cool. You can like go right up to them and kind of. Look into their eyes and see how similar we are. Let's That's,
2: see. I found I found a few articles. I've got one from uh, the New York Times from June 11th of this year. It's entitled uh, "Modern Zoos Are Not Worth
1: the Moral Cost." Oh, the Ooh. moral cost. This is like a moral quandary about whether yeah. to like, as a consumer, support the zoo industry, big zoo.
0: So like, mm-hmm. what's, what's the, what's the problem? Cause like, I don't know. I thought that a lot of the animals that they have there are like damaged goods or whatever, and they can't live in the wild, but maybe that's only true for the, um, the little, the baby zoo that I used to work at at the or science maybe, center of
1: Connecticut. Maybe that's what the zoological zoological people want you to think. Maybe it's pure <laughs> zoo propaganda. Trying mm. to keep their grift going, you know, their clout-chasing <laughs> grift well, they, of having are they, the they are, <laughs> a,
2: they, they are uh, damaged goods, but how do you think they got damaged,
1: you know? Mm. Right.
0: And they didn't <clears throat> say who damaged them or why. Well, you know?
1: humanity is obviously, like, writ large, just damaged everything (laughs) so it's like it's like small recompense to bring them back into like a habitat but like we kind of already fucked them in the first place i don't know maybe we should just give them like little plots in cities to hang out in. i don't know yeah well
0: if you are a parisian under siege by the prussian army Zoos, you know what zoos are good for.
1: (laughs) As a backup food supply
0: in your communist revolution, is that what you're saying? I mean, if you think about it, a zoo, like you don't have a farm in the middle of the city. So the biggest reserve of meat after the stores run out in any major metropolitan area is going to be zoo.
1: Dude, this is getting like full me like primitivist psycho shit. Like <laughs> yeah. seriously, like my like our vision of the revolution is like breaking into the Bronx zoo and eating a Myrax and like carving up a sea lion and like barbecuing I mean, look, it like yeah
0: the rev. It's been done already.
1: I know they did it in the Paris Commune, but there's not a before, reason to have was before
0: the, No, this was a precipitating event for the Paris Commune. What? All right?
1: So so yes. the revolution's going to pop off if we eat enough of the fucking After zoo animals?
0: people are forced... Yeah, because look... The, the, the French government, the, the government de Défense Nationale, they were losing really fucking bad to the Prussian army. Paris had been under siege for months and months, and they still wouldn't call it. And all the rich people had already fled in, like, hot air balloons and shit. I'm not making this up.
1: <laughs> Steampunk. And
0: yeah. people had no food. So what do you think they fucking did? They ate the animals in the zoo. This is, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm researching this for Everybody Loves Communism right now. And there were even some chefs that, like, I think they were being a little bit, I mean, they definitely did cook and eat those animals, but I think the menus were a bit satirical, like, mm. uh, you know, siege bread and fricassee de kangaroo. Right, like, flambé giraffe and shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, like, and and after that, the what do you know? People got kind of pissed off. And that was a a precipitating event in the insurrection that happened right after. They're
1: like, we've been reduced to eating hippos. Let's make communism.
0: Yeah, including these beloved elephants named Castor and Pollux. Like one thing, one second, you're like, you know, carrying people around on your back and shit. And you know what? Those elephants' lives probably sucked. But I still feel like they preferred that to getting killed and eaten.
1: Yeah, I mm. want to know from Paul because you have the the August gray lady in front of you. What is the moral quandary of zoos?
2: Oh, uh, there there's a whole bunch of stuff in here that's basically just saying uh, zoos are bad for animals, mm. um, and then uh, and okay. I've I've got another article up from uh, KQED, which is the uh, it's the NPR radio affiliate in. I guess like the Bay Area mm. and uh, and they have uh, they have two paragraphs. One of them is uh, the argument in favor of having zoos. And the other one is the arguments against having zoos mm. and uh, mm. the argument in are, favor are, is you <laughs> can have of, a communist do revolution. any of
0: them involve uh, you'll have something to eat if you run out of food and the city is surrounded
2: no, no. No, nothing says that. The the argument in the, favor The bourgeoisie
1: it, is so, so <laughs> short-sighted.
2: Yeah,
0: the the argument in favor
2: uh, is basically that uh, zoo is short for zoological park and zoology is the scientific study of animal biology and behavior. Um so basically like zoos are laboratories where mm. scientists can um, you know, do experiments on animals. Mm. Uh, which you know that that sounds cool in my opinion i like huh. i like mm. laboratories and performing experiments and depends shit
0: depends what kind i don't if, think you are never... doing
1: like creepy <laughs> dialand of dr moreau shit to the poor giraffes and myraxes and sea lions <laughs> i
0: mean that's a big assumption
2: though i think even that would be kind of cool um uh, you oof, know, ironically. ironically. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe wow, we Paul. should,
1: may, Jamie, maybe you should introduce Paul so they don't think that he's just wow. some psycho vivisectionist on our show On, on <laughs> yeah. unintroduced.
0: I mean, I'm not sure that that's not the case. Um, but yeah, I guess we've done enough of this cold open. It's time to introduce our guest and acknowledge that we're doing a podcast. Podcast. Um, so yeah, this is uh, the Antifada, as you probably know, and uh, our guest today is our friend Paul Channel Strip. That is, of course, his party name, his nom de guerre. Oh yeah. Um, he <laughs> is the producer of the Antifada Twitch channel, which you can all check out Wednesdays and Fridays. Those are the main days. There's other days when they do video games and shit. I don't really know what goes on those days because I don't watch it. Um, but it's at Twitch TV, Twitch Slash the Antifada. Um, he's also the producer for some really other really good other podcasts like real abstractions and um barn vlogs and etc. cetera.
1: Well, if people haven't watched the Twitch stream yet, yeah, you're really screwing up. But do we have a treat for you next Wednesday on the Twitch stream? Paul will be vivisecting a red panda yeah. without <laughs> anesthesia live on twitch.tv oh. slash the antifada.
3: Wow. I find
1: out if they're really red and <laughs> if they're really pandas. <laughs> is...
0: I, I will tune in for that,
1: yeah. it's that's that's the hottest thing on Twitch, man. You can't say like you want communism on Twitch, but you can vivisect an animal,
2: yeah. i wonder I wonder if we could get away with like, um, like uh doing, you know, high school style uh like dissecting frogs or or even like owl pellets. Did you guys ever do that? The no. owl pellet
0: thing? I did do the owl pellet, what's yeah. The, wait, 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 hold Pretty on. Cool.
1: I did the frog, which was and the little fetal pig, both of which was very disturbing. But what's the what are owl pellets?
2: Okay, so owls don't uh they don't poop or pee, right? They uh, I inst- think
0: they pee. Oh, I'm maybe they sure. pee. But, like, everything they eat, like, because they'll eat, like, little animals, swallow them whole and shit, and their bones end up in the owl pellet, yeah. which they then, like, regurgitate. And yeah. then you can pick through the owl pellet and see what the owl ate that week. Huh.
2: Yeah, so it's like, a, it's like a little, it's like a hairball, you know, like mm-hmm. from a cat, but it's from a flying cat. And um, and you you take you take them apart with uh, you know rubber gloves and and all sorts of implements of destruction and then you uh, and then you see if you can put together the animal with like the the skeleton of the animal. It's Ooh, pretty cool. It's like a morbid puzzle. It is. It is. Yeah, I, I did that in I think fifth grade. Wow, and you've been a
1: sicko ever since. <laughs> ever since.
0: <laughs> You know, I somehow got out of a lot of the dissecting that I would have been forced to do in high school biology, and I think it's because I, like, skipped a grade or two in science and math, and I might have skipped over Mm. the year when they make you do it. That's probably Uh, for the best.
3: Because I I went to
0: a weird nerd school, like, before I went to the other school where I wound up going to middle school and high school. They made us take a, a whole lot of extra science and math. Fun fact. Fun fact about Jamie
1: i was never like super into science so like the most um you know sorry
0: that's my laundry huh <laughs> i don't know i don't know if you guys heard that
1: no no, no <laughs> I didn't hear anything all right this never is mind. a very very chill podcast episode this time if folks don't realize yeah. if you're out there listening and you're like why why is it just all vibes this week well that's just the kind of episode that we lined up for today there's laundry well, pickups there's owl pellets there's vivisection it's just super chill i should chill.
0: say I was sick last week and that's why I wasn't there. I did not have COVID. I just had a cold. It really knocked me on my ass. And then I was start finally starting to feel better like a fucking week later. I felt well enough to go apple picking. And then I threw my back out in a tragic, Pumpkin picking accident. Oh, oh
1: fuck that gets oh. that 50% of goth injuries are tragic pumpkin patch picking <laughs> incidents.
0: It's a real, it's a real mind fuck to hurt myself to have hurt myself so badly doing something I love so much.
1: This is this is the goth time of the year. You have to train, you've got to stretch, you've got to be in peak performance leading up to the like, big day. Uh,
0: yeah, no, I mean, obviously I didn't do any of those things, but I I, I I, just wasn't expecting to hurt myself by picking up a pumpkin wrong. But there you go. My body's falling the fuck apart. So so I spent most of last night just like lying on an ice pack like, ah, uh, I don't well, feel good. But you know what? Welcome to my world. That sh- shit happens. Yes, and and happens. here I am doing a podcast anyway.
1: Yeah, fuck it.
2: I heard myself, uh, editing podcasts. That was pretty, that was <laughs> no. pretty cool. Yeah. I That's got, heroic. I got like, uh, before I got this fancy new chair, I, I was on an office chair that was, uh, older than me and it had sunk down really low. So I had to have my arms up really high, kind of like resting on my mm-hmm. desk. And after using my mouse with like cutting, you know, cut off circulation in my hand, I, uh, I got really bad carpal tunnel
1: in my oh. right hand. Damn. Wow. Yeah. wow
0: you, I am officially awarding you the Purple Heart for podcast editing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Damn. Right, right here, right you now. We do
1: edit like five or six or seven podcasts, so it's going to catch yeah. up with you, man. You can't keep burning the candle at both ends.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm more worried about my uh, psychological well-being <laughs> than my... God, you, you cannot listen to that many podcasts and, like, be a normal human being.
1: <laughs> Especially, like, deep Marxological podcast. <laughs> yeah, no. No, it's bad. Like, it's all bad. this Marx is going to combine into your brain and you're going to come up with some sick sort of synthesis. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Paulism or something.
0: It's, guys, guys, speaking of owls, though, <laughs> did you know about Barry the Owl? No, no, this, this was a tragic, a tragic and suspicious death.
1: Owl news. (laughs) W.O.W.L.
0: Of a beloved owl in fucking Central Park. And it seems very fishy. I feel like we're just doing the Twitch stream right now and that's fine.
1: Oh, that's uh, totally cool, man.
0: So like this owl, everyone thought this, there's this beloved barred owl that was living at Central Park and tragically died in a in a collision with a truck. Oh, last oh no! Oh no. uh, yeah. But then, then they did an autopsy and found out that before the owl collided with the truck, um, it was carrying a potentially lethal level of rat poison. It oh, could no. have impaired her flying. Oh,
1: oh, the fuck. plot
0: fucking thickens. Tragic.
1: You think it was an inside job or something? No, it got
2: uh, got a bad batch of uh, of owl coke and
1: that uh, <laughs> had all the all the oh, the rat no. the rat fentanyl. He owed it, his and- he, owed, he, he owed his owl dealer too much money, and the guy gave him a hot shot. Yeah,
0: oh, no, that's so sad. Like, okay, so I'm reading now. I'm reading from the city. Great publication, by the way. They've been doing some fine reporting lately. Uh, not just on the death of a beloved owl, <laughs> but like labor and shit like that. Yeah. Um, labor news, says, owl news, labor news and owl news. That's where I go to the city for That's what I do. Um, that's what they do. So yeah, it said it put her at risk for, I guess Barry was a girl, uh, put her at risk for a fatal hemorrhage, even without the collision. Dun, dun, dun. The vets also detected traces of a rat and fish scales, Inside her more than two pound body. What the fuck did I say? Fucking fish scale. So
1: she ate well. well. Yeah, fish scale. (laughs) Whoa! at least she had a nice meal before she went out.
0: I guess so. Damn, though. Damn. Like RIP to Barry. RIP Barry. who, Who did this to Barry? Was it the dealer? Was it was it a cat? I feel like it might have been a cat. I mean, Antifa
1: doesn't have that much going on right now. There's not that much fa in the country, so maybe they could pick up and start, like, solving owl crimes and shit. Oh, there's quite a bit of fa
2: in the country. In in, uh, in my area. Oh, uh, a, Pacific
1: Northwest, c- yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for people who don't know, I live in an undisclosed uh, town in the Pacific Northwest. For for non um, Twitch watchers, you guys
1: are hoarding hoarding all of the um, fa up
0: there. Yeah, why don't you spread the fa around so that the <laughs> anti fa in New York City have things to do, yeah, um, like a other work than program. like protesting at Death in June shows, which don't happen that much anymore.
2: Yeah. Oh man, Death in June. When's the last time? Uh, there was a Death in June show.
0: Oh, that guy you Boyd know, Rice tried to come
2: like here a few years. It ago. It
0: was pretty recent, actually. Really? Like I remember when Trump won the election, and I was like, <laughs> "Hey guys, do you think Death in June's gonna start touring again?" And I swear to God, they did.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and he's gonna close this episode out with a Death in June song. <laughs>
0: oh my god! No, he, I don't think. I don't think Andy would no, do that. Like that. he takes this shit more seriously than any of us yeah. guys. Also oh, okay. death
1: in June. I don't even know why people like them. You must like them for the politics. Cause the music's not even that good. It's
0: not good. Yeah. It's I like, don't... why is this even a part of the goth it's folk music? Yeah. Why is it part of the goth industrial scene in the first place?
2: I don't, yeah, I don't like the, uh the like neo folk right. and, uh and like, folk punk stuff uh like first of all folk music was already punk you know what i mean mm. true
0: mm-hmm. wow uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a, a controversial said andy folk isn't here
1: oh yeah mm. andy is a huge anti-folk guy you might have words oh really? after this Let's really, really get he's through editing cut, this without just smashing. He's gonna
0: cut your to entire part out. Yeah, it's just okay. gonna be like it's just like, gonna be me and Sean talking. Yeah.
1: And there's gonna be uh, beeps when you talk.
2: I'm just gonna I'm just gonna replace uh, the rest of my recording. I'm gonna stop recording. And I'm just gonna put like uh, Arlo Guthrie and uh, and Woody Guthrie <laughs> and uh, Pete Seeger and all those guys. Fine, great.
0: great. Yeah. Love a Woody
2: um, Guthrie. Yeah, we love Woody Guthrie. 3 Great. We did we
0: we did have some things we were gonna try to talk about on this episode. Oh, I just had wanna like shift.
1: I just had owls (laughs) in like eighty-two point on this document. That's all I had. Just owls. But if you have other stuff, yeah, let's let's have I mean
0: look, if you guys have any theories as to who is behind the death of Barry fucking sound off of the comments because i i will admit that i have not looked into it that far i haven't that, gone that far down the the rabbit hole or the owl hole as the bar- case may be
1: <laughs> bury the owl is not the berry that i wish would have had a horrible uh deadly accident
2: i i do have a
1: guess i
2: i'm i'm assuming it was some like uh petty bouge maybe even uh What's the one between Petty and Hope? Like, uh, like, uh, Media. I, I don't know, French, but there's like the, uh, oh, Moyan.
1: Moyan bourgeoisie. Sure, yeah, yeah.
2: Some Moyan bourgeois, uh, fucking restaurateur, uh, who was, uh, who's trying to get rid of the rats before the, uh, the health inspection. So just threw a bunch of rat poison all over his cellar. Mm. And, uh, and then one of the rats ate it, went out. Coral Barry, you know, thought he was just getting a good, sn- or she, excuse me, was just getting a good snack. And then, mm. RIP. I don't
0: know. Like, I think it was the mafia. I think this shit goes straight to the top. I think like Cuomo's involved somehow. Yeah, I yeah. think all the things. I think
1: Chris Cuomo's involved somehow too.
2: Well, the question then is motive. Like, uh, what do they have against Barry
1: the owl? What did Barry know that they didn't want people <laughs> to find out? I mean he, he says who? he says who enough who I'm sure somebody answered did Barry at some
0: point have the dirt on
1: <laughs> There's like two who? gangsters meeting in the park like ah uh, then we bumped them off you know who did it and the and the all went who and they're like all right I'll tell you and that's how Barry found out and that <laughs> oh, was no. the kind of deadly information that uh got her killed So oh, now
0: yeah. to be continued bum, bum. bum. yeah <laughs> well. We were gonna try to talk about Squid Game today, but I think Paul's only seen four episodes and it would really probably spoil the entire series for him. So we should yeah. do it. We're, oh, yeah. we're gonna save that.
2: Man, the end of that fucking fourth episode. <laughs> that was spoiler crazy.
0: alert. Yeah. No, it's a it's some crazy shit. It's yeah. a crazy show.
1: It's a crazy about shit.
0: Capitalism.
1: Very specifically, I mean, we're not going to get into the episode. And if you haven't listened yet, you should, or watched rather, you should watch it so watch that you it. can be prepared for the bonus episode we do soon about it so that you can, you yeah. know, know what we're talking about. But if really, South Korea is turning into like this venue for vaguely anti capitalist art coming out between Squid I Game mean, and vaguely, Parasite.
0: Pretty, pretty on the nose, if you ask me. There's nothing vague about any of this.
1: Yeah. It's a certain type of anti capitalism.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like it critiques it shows you the problems. It reflects the world as it is, but doesn't usually tell you what we're supposed to do about it.
1: Yeah, and it Mm -hmm. like it's not like a totalizing critique either. Like the critique in Squid Game, no spoiler, is all around like debt and like lumping proles and getting into debt and credit and shit like that and well, that is one big it goes part a little of, bit
0: beyond that there, that's but, one
1: big part of exploitation and domination but it's not like the totality yeah. you know
0: yeah and like people can take the wrong message from it like right. don't forget obama liked parasite you mm, know mm, mm, like mm. you can show people <laughs> the problems in society and their conclusion can be like we just need some better tax credits or right. whatever <laughs>
2: Uh, Is that was that Obama's conclusion from uh, watching Parasite? I mean,
0: probably
2: (laughs) bullshit like
1: that. (laughs) An earned income tax it. credit for like domestic servants under a certain threshold of I don't know
0: like, living in the basement. Yeah,
1: That's certain yeah. Su- certain sub basement, like the ones in the first basement, they don't get the tax credit. But if you're in the sub basement, then yeah. you get the tax. If credit. If you're
0: in the sub basement for you know a, a certain number of years, right? Um, with a certain <laughs> level, if you're you know you're the fucking eggs that you can steal from the. Big houses, is fridge, yeah. falls below a certain level for right. a certain number of years and you have a certain number of dependents, then you can get right. the tax credit. We're
1: talking a low income sub basement here, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're not talking about those, you know, high on the hog sub basement dwellers.
1: But you only Obama said you only get the tax credits if you start a small business in the low income sub basement. <laughs> What was that? For Kamala Harris. At I least forget. six months. For at least six now, months. That was, yeah.
0: I mean, that was her uh, amendment. She added onto that. That's
1: good. She's doing great work as our vice president. The only yeah. thing she ever made news for was like, don't come here. <laughs> like, going to Guatemala and <laughs> Do being like,
0: come. America <laughs>
1: doesn't want you. Do not come.
0: Immediately memed around the world. Yeah. The thing that she said. Yeah. Mask <laughs> off. Does...
2: Does this uh refinery twenty-nine article have spoilers in it before I before I dig in?
0: Oh, um, I don't think so. Wait a uh. second. Hold hold your horses. You interested? I mean, basically, it's it's interesting that this kind of stuff is now being run written up for like refinery twenty-nine and shit. Just like a fucking middle of the road lady blog, because it's uh they're like Ooh, does this rise to the level is this anti-capitalist entertainment really anti-capitalist or has it been subsumed by the spectacle let's talk to some <laughs> anti-capitalist organizers and find out like, they call that the right, teen vogue cool. effect yeah like, that's fucking based and surprise surprise um yeah they're like nah nah brah yeah. like this is recuperation they're like according
1: and to thesis 43 of Guy Debord's Society of the
0: Spectacle <laughs> <laughs> like wow Whoa, okay. uh, good good job refinery 29 yeah. but like yeah um yeah no i'm not i'm not gonna read the last sentence because i think that might be a spoiler for paul depending where he's at in the show um but uh yeah i mean obviously it's recuperated if you're watching it on fucking netflix but uh everything's we gotta we gotta man. watch something
1: the only <laughs> might pure as well, might as
0: well be something that i agree with the basic ideas within
1: the only yeah. pure unrecuperated anti-capitalist critique that you're going to get is from the antifada right so if it's if you're yeah. not listening to this show everybody else is recuperated they're all complete it's all spectacular man you got to come yeah. in here to get that unrefined shit that that peruvian <laughs> flake that fish scale yeah all the all the
2: other shows that i uh that i uh, work for they're all on um what was one of the big like podcast networks? Yeah.
1: Real, real abstractions needs to learn their Marxist theory from us.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real abstractions from, uh from, uh damn, I wish I knew the names of any of the big podcast networks. So I could... <laughs>
0: um, crooked media. Isn't that? Yeah. My yeah,
2: yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Cro- uh, coming hot from, Crooked media, real abstractions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, it's really going to suck when we have to gulag. The real abstractions crew <laughs> along with the pod chants. Yo, yeah.
1: speaking of that, I, w- I checked my phone the other day. I don't have notifications on, so thank God. I opened up Twitter and I found out that Occupy Democrats had followed me on Twitter. I immediately uh. blocked them, <laughs> them and their <laughs> 10 million followers. And then I was like in the comments, I was laughing about it, and somebody said, uh, uh, Occupy Democrats were, were tweeting about Heinrich the other day. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. what? Like, what? Occupy Democrats. Democrats. Democrats are like, you need to go to your local representative and try to get these low-income tax credits pushed through the Congress with the whatever act. And then they're also just reading Heinrich and going off about value form theory. I don't know. That wasn't enough of a reason for me not to block those disgusting ghouls. I have to find that right now. <laughs> Occupy
2: yeah, Democrats no.
1: tweeting about Heinrich.
0: Yeah, I want to know what they said. That
1: might have been a joke. Somebody maybe, might have been joking. Maybe
0: they that. listened to our episode about with him. Maybe. Well, there's about, the. About and with him. The
1: Gravel Institute listens to us. And, you know, they're. Yo, they're also. They're, based. they're like communizers now or some shit.
0: Uh, yeah. Weren't we supposed to do a video with them
1: and then you drop the ball? i drop the ball i don't drop any balls i would i mean you want to I, circle i'm back pretty with them sure on our we slack? were
0: supposed to do that so let's uh you know have yeah, our time. people talk to their people
1: i'll write up a video they've had richard wolf they've had um some other people i don't know are we no, like we're
0: gonna do it are we we're gonna big fucking enough do and it. good
1: enough to go up against the king we were richard supposed to. oh
0: wait was it them or means tv no i think it was both no we were definitely supposed to do one with means tv we which we still could and then uh, but then
1: we couldn't remain a b-tier podcast you know we have to remain at this b-tier you know if we were to start to do promotional stuff like that we might end up like actually growing or something god forbid
0: well well, you know tbd yeah you've given me a lot to think about There's a lot of pros and cons. Okay. So um, I wanted to ask you some things, some like educational things about supply chains, because I've been seeing a lot of stories that are like things we can't get them as much as we used to. (laughs) What's the deal with that? And I want to know what's going on with the supply chains. So I looked up an article In the Reuters, and they said around 18% of beverages, 15% of frozen foods, 16% of snacks, 15% of candy, you know, that all-important food group of candy, and 18% (laughs) of bakery items were out of stock at stores during the week ending October 3rd, according to the latest data from IRI. It's basically a fucking
1: treat crisis.
0: Yeah. We had fucking treat crisis. Um, before the pandemic, the, it was only seven to 10% of products that were typically out of stock on shelves. Um, is this actually a big deal? It doesn't really sound like it just from those numbers. Um, but the, the white house I was reading, they've appointed a fucking bottleneck czar to work with the private sectors and resolve all these bottlenecks in the supply chain. Um, I guess that's not his like official title, but he's he's the bottleneck czar. He's working with uh, trying to increase shipping during off peak capacity, just working with the private sector. And and I just saw this quote from a senior White House official today when they said uh, there will be things that people can't get. (gasps) A senior White House official told Reuters when asked about holiday shopping. You do at not, the same time, you do not he tell added, Americans
1: they can't get stuff. As,
0: as as if that was it. There was ever any world in which people would not stop listening. There, uh, <laughs> he then added, at the same time, a lot of these goods are hopefully substitutable by other things. <laughs> dot dot dot. I don't think there's any real reason to be panicked, but we all feel the frustration. And there's a certain need for patience to help get through a relatively short period of time. Uh, Now, this is the funny part of the Reuters story. Um, Republican strategists are seizing on possible Christmas shortages. Uh Uh-oh, they said the Z word. Uh, Using it to bash Biden's policies as inflationary and thwart his attempt to push a multi-trillion dollar spending package through Congress in coming weeks. Uh, A recent opinion piece by Steve Cortez, a one-time advisor to former president Donald Trump dubbed the upcoming holiday season, quote, Biden's blue Christmas, continuing in a long tradition of conservatives criticizing Democrats over celebrations around the Christian holiday end quote. So I guess, uh, my question for you guys is, um, is this true? And, uh, if so, how do we intervene in Biden's war on Christmas and push it to its <laughs> radical limit?
1: Mm. Paul, you go ahead. You go first.
2: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like livid as a as a person with munchies. Um, this is this is uh, a P.O.M. My, yeah. P.O.M. This is attack attacking my uh, freedom directly. My yeah. freedom to uh, to chow, to snack, to munch. Mm. Um, Nash. Yeah, yeah. uh, Like, how am I supposed to celebrate Halloween this year if I can't have, uh, you know, all my fucking candies?
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: I didn't even think about that. That
1: 15% could include Three Musketeers. It could include Kit Kats. Like, I don't
0: care about Christmas at all, but Halloween is much sooner, and I obviously care about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, okay, so so, uh, packaged candy... Uh, is like a big deal for Halloween because you know you can't you can't uh, get any like home baked goods. You can't give those out for Halloween mm-hmm. anymore because um, or accept them because they've all got razor blades and fentanyl. In right, them. right, mm-hmm. um, or both. But- or both, yeah, yeah. Razor blades coated in fentanyl, <laughs> and and, uh, uh, and then you can't give out apples because then everyone in the neighborhood will know you're a fucking fink, and they'll te- <laughs> they'll teepee your house. Yeah. So, um, but uh, Fuck, you're right. Yeah. So so if we can't if we can't have the candies to give out to the kids.
1: I mean it's just going to be anarchy. We're going to yeah. see massive riots in the streets. This is and... basically what Heinrich uh was talking about when he talked about the terminal crisis of capitalism. Yeah, yeah, this is uh this is what um all the all the
2: the crisis theorists are are talking about yeah. actually. The the when they, when they Heinrich the...
1: Grossman, by the way, not just Heinrich. <laughs> <laughs> Heinrich that, would not be like the terminal crisis. That would be Heinrich no. Grossman.
2: <laughs> the uh but, the uh, the tendency for the rate of um, treats <laughs> treats
1: to fall,
0: <laughs> but like a little bit this, but ironically though, no,
1: yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. I like
0: I know we're all making fun of it. No no, like, no,
1: no, 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 no. It
0: seems like something it, real is happening. Oh, no, something well, very real. is line happening.
2: line goes down and that line is like the blood pressure <laughs> and blood sugar <laughs> the, the average and diabetes you know I mean? rates the in American the United child. States. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that's the line that's going down right now.
1: You have like um you have All elements of the capitalist class and the ruling class in general, the politicians are taking this pretty seriously. If you remember four or five months ago when inflation started to kick up, it was uh, considered that this was very temporary based on... I'm quoting here, paraphrasing like the economy getting back to normal after uh, the lockdown or whatever, and that whatever sort of residual slack was in the system would sort of get work itself out through the magic of the anarchy of the market or whatever. Well, now, like some months later, you've got uh, uh, you got much more concern at the top. Like you said, uh, Biden put the czar in place. I'm not sure. Like I read some articles about it. Not sure what, like, the shortage czar is going to do, like, uh, because they don't have any actual powers. I guess it's, like, call up shipping companies and be like, did you move it yet? Or, like, call up, like, the candy <laughs> manufacturer, like, you got treats or, or whatever it is. Like, <laughs>
0: well, like, no, they said what he's doing is he's like, have you thought to ship things at non-peak hours? <laughs>
1: This is and like now
0: he's like trying to work with them to like get them to do that, <laughs> and, and they're like, Oh wow, dude, no, I never <laughs> thought about that, and na- now everything's fixed.
1: Well, this is the funny thing is because like state capacity has just declined so much in like the quote unquote era of neoliberalism or whatever. All like the federal government, the most powerful state in the world, can do is be like, Hey guys, we got a couple suggestions. Should we put them in the box? Maybe you guys want to peruse them sometime or whatever. There's like, I mean, I suppose if it gets bad enough. And I'm actually going to say when it gets bad enough, because I'm not quite as sanguine as like, say, Jamie Diamond, who was in the Financial Times today. of just like temporary thing, just like we said four or five months ago. But seriously, this time, totally transitory, not going to continue. It's just the system's going to work itself out. It's going to be totally fine. Like there are other people out there. Moody's, for example, the credit rating agency, who's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know that this is going to get fixed anytime soon. It's like a real structural problem. Uh, it's, it's more than simply like coming out of the lockdown and like a superheated uh, economy as a bunch of people who weren't buying anything. And were saving up a lot of money for the last year and a half or all of a sudden buying a lot of stuff. That's like the story that I think you know, CNN or whatever would tell you is that this is just sort of like a transitory thing. But I think it's actually way deeper than that. And I think that there there are some important consequences, I think, for this in terms of capitalism.
0: So like what's actually going on? Because I've read a a lot of these articles mention the labor shortage. um, But I've also heard the labor shortage described as a kind of capital strike. Right. In that, They could get workers if they wanted to pay more, Mm. but they don't want to do that. So they're framing it as no, nobody wants to work. Oh, I guess we just don't have anyone for these fucking jobs. I mean, that's what's actually going on here.
1: That's a real huge part of it. I think is that like one of the bases for the last 40 or 50 years in like production in supply chains, you know, in shipping and whatever has been, of course, trying to like keep labor, uh, you know, cut down to the bone in terms of numbers. But then, of course, also like the rate of exploitation as high as possible. And the American economy really has been like floating by on like a pliable and abject workforce for like the last like four or five decades. So I think the fear of like wage inflation is really scare for scary for the ruling class. And I, I think that capitalists are going to wait as long as they possibly can to start actually like raising wages even just a little bit even in response to um to market factors right even just like based on supply and demand because they've had it so good for so long i think that like the idea of labor having any sort of capacity to like fight for more or like people refusing jobs is so not just anathema to them but like weird and bizarre to them that they're going to keep on, I think, like even to their own detriment, not hiring people at certain wages um, for as long as they possibly can. That's the sense that I get.
0: So they're playing chicken with the work. It's like a game of
1: chicken. Yeah, it's like a game. They're playing a game of chicken and
0: like,
1: yeah, they're calling you a chicken out there. You anti-fada listener. They're calling you a fucking a yellow bellied chicken. And they dare you, you gonna, not to do anything about it. That? That's a worker. Are you going to stand for that? It,
2: it's 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 really offensive because, like, you you can't say chicken around me when, you know, we're running out of tendies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, fuck.
1: Yeah. As Pretty soon person those tendies are
0: going to be made of freaking zoo animals. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's Giraffe what Paul's been tendi. reduced to. Yeah.
1: Once the shortage gets the in the terminal crisis, you're going to be eating uh, giraffe tendies. That's how you're going to know the final crisis has come. I wonder what they would taste like. I wonder.
2: Do you think giraffes are gamey? Like, what what do you think giraffe? Sure.
0: Like, Like, look at their fucking neck. They're just a long horse. they're They're gamey as shit.
1: They're just a long horse. I mean, they're you, not a horse. They're way weirder than a horse. They're kind of weirder than a horse. I think they're pretty <laughs> close to a horse. They're a horse with like a long neck. They have horns.
0: They have baby all kinds horns. Of shit so that they horses do horses. Fuck- don't have. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I don't know they got until spots.
0: They got. I, mean, I guess horses have hooves, but they don't have those. Horses don't have those weird little tails with like the bristles on the end. Um, listen I don't know what a in, giraffe in, in four like, to they, five months when the, to...
1: <laughs> when the terminal crisis begins all three of us will get together at some sort of equidistant point in the middle of the United States and we'll try the giraffe tendies. we'll sit down and oh, we'll boy. give them a taste test and that'll be how we prep ourselves for the final struggle
0: Ugh. yeah there, there are no pescatarians in a siege scenario I've <laughs> already rationalized it to myself
2: I like that um any other country uh if the revolution started there it would, it would be uh in in a similar way it would start with like a like a bread riot or a bre- you know but yeah. uh but here it's going to be a, a candy riot. Yeah. <laughs> <How are you?
1: laughs> well, well we want treats. <laughs> you you know shit's getting bad because you know how they have the uh the Christmas sales that always pop up and they happen earlier and earlier every year but now it's like the Black Friday is like the biggest there may be a couple of Christmas sales like before Thanksgiving, but really like Thanksgiving, you're starting to see retailers starting to push for people to start to do their Christmas shopping because they know over the next few months coming down the pipe, there's going to be massive, massive supply issues because the goods literally just can't get here. Like when we're talking about this, so, so these shortages, like the supply line crisis or whatever is happening at all sorts of different nodes. Right, So obviously you had the disruption of production, uh, especially in East Asia, because there's like different, as we (laughs) very well know, there's different COVID policies around the world right now. And China's is like a zero COVID policy. But that means that in like you know, the largest industrial power in the world. If a particular province all of a sudden gets a few cases of COVID, they're going to shut everything down, including the factories, right? So there's Mm -hmm. like the real production crisis, but that's kind of scattered and in different things. Uh, And then there's um, the actual transshipment of goods uh, moving from around the world and towards the United States and towards Europe and elsewhere. All these commodities, um, the price of shipping has gone up, uh, transshipment, like on, on giant cargo ships, has gone up four times in the last several months. The, the shipping companies are making so much fucking money right now. But part of the problem in the shipping industry, <clears throat> and why this is another note of the crisis is because they were already consolidating and concentrating that industry. There used to be like tons of little shipping companies, you know, with like big ships and little ships and small ships. But over the last several years, especially since 2008, 2009, because after a crisis, capital tends to kind of eat the weak and consolidation happens. You now have like three or four big shipping carriers. And with those, like they themselves have cut... Uh, labor down to the bone to try to be as efficient as possible because now, you now have a monopoly situation, right? Like big companies fighting for very, very small margins against one another. So there's really no slack to pick up. And these giant companies basically are like uh, way, way behind when it comes to mm-hmm. being able to actually get things on ship. And then you have the ports. And the ports is not just because you had an increase in the amount of commodities that are being shipped in the last several months, although that's part of it. It's also that you've lost... Seven hundred thousand people in the United States have died. <laughs> like yeah. not not all of those were like of working age population. In fact, a lot of them were older, right? But you've had uh, hundreds of thousands of deaths. Uh, of our population, you've also yeah, had the let's lab- be
0: real, like most old people still have to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
1: but but one mm-hmm. trend that you've seen is you've seen uh, the labor participation rate took an absolute nosedive. It's down to 1980s levels at this point. It clicked off like a three or four points, like like it fell off a cliff right when the pandemic happened, and it's only ticked up a little bit, which in real terms in the United States means millions upon millions of people, most of them between the age of like I think 62. And seventy people who are like probably going to retire anyway soon, but they ended up being like, "Fuck this! I'm not going out there to die. I'm just going to like not go back to work or whatever." And young people who are finding it hard to get employment in general. So what I'm saying is that there's a, a, a real like tightness of the labor market. Including and especially in trucking so like you have I think average was like there were 13 ships that would be off of the port of Los Angeles at any given time and just the other day it reached up to 140 ships just like sitting in the Pacific waiting. In order to have the goods taken off of it. And that's not just capacity at the fucking ports. And America has really shitty infrastructure, as we know. They can't even pass this fucking infrastructure bill. But then the ability to move those off. So like lacking trucks in order to do that. And railroads, which too have consolidated and cut. I think it was something like there were over 100,000 railroad workers uh, like four or five years ago. And it's now down to 31,000. So you've had like two thirds of the employment and railroads being cut over the last decade. And so there's just really, there's no ability for, we call it uh, capitalism or neoliberal capitalism, whatever you want to call it, like no ability really to pick up and move quickly with this because like this sort of cutting down to the bone, like just in time production, consolidation and concentration, low wage, smashing down on labor sort of tendency of capitalism has gone so far at this point that the, the entire fucking machine is having a hard time like getting back to equilibrium because it's like it's like a muscle that hasn't been exercised in a while. Oh, hiring people? Oh my God, yeah, crazy.
0: Well, it's it's a little confusing though, right? Because it's a time when people are hurting. It's a time when a lot of people are looking for work. And also a lot of people are being kicked off of unemployment benefits. Um the enhanced GY has already come to an end. The eviction moratorium has ended in more states than not. So, the labor shortage couldn't be couldn't tell the whole story because I know there's tons of people who can't find jobs who want them.
1: Yeah, there's like well, a real mismatch right now, really.
2: The the quits rate like hit a new uh I think all-time high in uh like August. Mm. Right? Yeah, it was uh it was like 4 million people quit their jobs in
0: August. Hell yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's
0: really uh, so raised
1: we, COVID has like done a lot of things. One of the things is it's raised the stakes of employment and it's also, I think most importantly, and you, we, we, Let's like not forget we're in a fucking strike wave right now, guys, right? Strike wave. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Fucking strike wave. Well yeah. Fucking like,
1: strike report. Like labor is, 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 in some small way, it's not like the 70s or even the 80s, but like, you know, like the trade unions are moving. There's been massive strike authorization votes. There's been several strikes that yeah. have gone through. There are several pending that are coming down the pipe right now. And remember a few months ago, You had, like, um, the massive um, sort of, like, refusal to go back to work. You saw all those restaurants who were like, can't hire anybody, can't open up. Mm -hmm. You have, like, a situation now where... I feel like, and this is the exciting part, that labor is starting to see itself again. And I mean that in structural terms, like labor. Written. The working class is starting to like become visible again, not just to like the ruling class who's freaking out about these labor shortages, which are very real, but also I feel like the working class is becoming visible to itself again, and not merely in terms of like, um, seeing all these different job actions and all these shortages happening all over the country, all over the world, in places like UK and, and whatever, and the United States. But also just in terms of like, this is the exciting thing, is when you start to see these shortages in commodities, when you start to see these chains break down, and you start to see this sort of like um, the capital capitalist realism of like, the miraculous world of commodities where anything can be ordered from your computer at any time and just arrive to you in two days. And it's like it's like already capitalism is like this fetish. Capital is this fetish where like you don't un- don't really think about where things come from. Like It's especially true when you're ordering from Amazon, right? Because it's just like you press a button and it fucking shows up. Well, that is starting to, I think, erode right now as people start to realize when there's this shortage and you can't get things that the world of commodities actually has a production And distribution, like circulation, component to it as well, and I think that that's starting to help uh, the working class start to see itself again, and I think that's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, I hope that you're right. I mean, like we all, everybody already knows that capitalism does not and cannot provide a decent life to everyone. Uh, But a lot of people don't give a fuck about that because their (laughs) lives are decent. Um, They got treats. Then, when all of a sudden, you can't just push a button and order your favorite treat. At any time you want They're like wait It can't even do that Wait why That's supposed to be the one thing That has On like socialism You know No no That Well Venezuela That's where they can't get stuff Here we're supposed to be able To get stuff What the fuck
1: Right yeah totally the
0: fuck out yeah
1: people are gonna freak the fuck out americans are gonna take this so badly of all people americans are gonna take this the fucking worst and you're already seeing it man talk about a fucking psychological meltdown go
0: to fucking butt fuckers or whatever
1: (laughs) yeah
2: yeah you uh you 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 don't know where the, uh, where your treats come from when you order them online? <laughs> well, yeah, they come from the FedEx truck.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Yeah, all the intermediate steps before that. Who fucking knows? But I know they show up. I know the guy. His name's Bill. Yeah, he gets paid $13 well, an hour and he's miserable.
0: Well, here's the question then. All right. Um, we could cut this part out, out if I sound stupid trying to do... Marxist shit, but I, I you know I got two two Heinrich and value oh God. theorists Jesus here. Christ, okay. So if I might as that well out <laughs> I've been trying to I've been trying to wrap my mind around productive versus uh non-productive labor. Mm. Right. And there's lots of different ways to define it. It sounds like a value judgment, but it's really not. Yeah. Uh the like the primary reason why I'm interested in thinking through it. Is because I think it helps you wrap your mind around the things that capital would like to push to zero, in terms of its costs, and the things that it's okay paying like a little something for, right? Mm. So it, I'm wondering what you guys think. If is circulation productive or non productive labor, and would that have any bearing on uh, you know trying to keep that- the costs? basically to zero
1: definitely productive of value i mean i think that's in volume two of capital mark says specifically that yeah i
0: haven't read that volume yet
1: and gotta get to that second volume it's a real fucking snoozer but (laughs) within it (laughs) he talks specifically about circulation of commodities and he talks about how the movement of goods from one place to another through like the commodity transportation doesn't itself add value however it helps those commodities to retain the value that they have already and is there for productive mm-hmm. because like, you know, it's, it's harder to see when you're talking about like, I don't know, a dishwasher or whatever, retaining its value because being able to move like being able to move like marginally quicker across the world. But if you're looking at something like bananas, like it's really fucking clear, right? There's like, you know, if you don't move them fast enough, they fucking rot. So like one of the things you talked about, these sort of tendencies of capitalism, like one of the things that capital tries to do is it it tries to increase the turnover time of commodities, right? Because like the the quicker you can valorize the value that's created in the production process, ultimately the more surplus you can get. And so like the reason why all these things are cut to the bone and the reason why like this particular regime of accumulation is finding it hard to kind of you know, put the brakes on and go back the other direction is because there is this inherent tendency to try to bring those transportation costs and the amount of time that it takes down to absolute zero. And this has been one of the huge tendencies we've seen over the last 40 or 50 years as production becomes globalized, as uh, you you had massive labor arbitrage, like basically like Massive amounts of absolute surplus value gain from moving like entire factories from the United States directly over to like Canton or whatever in order to like get a higher rate of exploitation over there. And then also, the big part of this fucking supply crisis, too, is uh, just in time production. So it's not just like the American fucking shitty, like, person-of-treats consumer that expects goods to arrive exactly when they need them. Please
0: respect my identity as (laughs) a (laughs) person-of-treats.
1: It's also, of course, like, intermediary goods for capitalists also, too, are supposed to arrive on time. They're supposed to come. You're supposed to have no warehouse. You're supposed to, like, basically, when you need the parts, they come in, and then, like, they get added to the product, and then the completed product goes out. That's breaking down, too. So... I don't know. I'm not sure I answered the the productive
0: part of your question. That made sense.
1: Yeah. What do you think, Paul?
2: You
0: got anything to add, Paul?
2: Um, No. In general, I think like the the productive versus unproductive labor question is, uh, it's kind of a non-starter. Like, like capital will only pay for, you know, labor power that it thinks it has to pay for Mm. it's or that, that really that it has to pay for, um, uh, I'm not talking about like, uh, like the owner of the comic book store who hired you when you were 15 because, uh, they thought you were a good kid and wanted to, you know, or anything like that. But like, like, um, when I was working for, um, large consumer electronics company mm. <laughs> that shall remain unnamed. Uh, like, like my job was completely necessary, even though I was just a store clerk. And, uh, like Sean was saying, like, uh, the, those commodities would not be worth anything without being sold. Right. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't be commodities if they weren't sold. Right. So, um,
0: that makes sense. See, that's what I thought, and then I was talking to people about it, and they got me all confused. It's 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 a bit of a red herring
1: because, like you said in in your like setup to the question, it, it sort of becomes this morality, you know, question about like, well, you don't even do productive labor or whatever, like, yeah. uh, and then you start to get into like a weird workerism where certain workers are like more worthy of solidarity than other ones, but by yeah. and large, we talked about this on the Jason Smith episode, like the increase in like the amount of work that is unproductive in a marxist sense is actually like a testament to how advanced capitalism is because it allows workers who aren't actually producing value or part of that value production process in order to survive off of the fruits of that value that was created like it means that there's like a larger portion of people who are who can survive off of like the actual you know profit making value Creating shit, there is, which means a more complex society and one that's like, you know, ultimately has like a more socialized production, but also the higher capacity for freedom. So it means that like less people have to be doing like the actual drudgery work of producing, you know, yeah. commodities.
0: I mean, are you talking about like social reproductive labor, like making whatever resources you have go around? Because like this is another distinction that Marx does draw, which is the difference between productive and reproductive labor. Um, And I've heard it argued pretty convincingly that they are both part of a single closed system because social reproduction, which is to say, you know, we talked about it on the show before, but all all the work that people do, um, paid and unpaid in order to reproduce the working class from day-to-day and generation-to-generation, whether we're talking about, like, cooking, cleaning, care work, um, raising children, all that shit, that is producing a commodity, which is to say uh, human labor power, Mm -hmm. which is a unique and special commodity because it's the one that produces surplus value. So even in a roundabout way, reproductive labor is producing surplus value.
1: I mean, yeah. And I think that they're one of the things that you've seen, certainly in the last 13 years, probably over the last 40 years, is like a crisis of social reproduction, like as more and more workers are like being strewn aside and not able to sell their labor power. And what you have, I think, since um, the lockdown and this is a tendency you you started to see in Europe for a long time where like youth unemployment rates have been in the 20s like since like 2008 like people like never actually getting into like a, a like a decent job like the precariat or whatever what you have is a is a crisis of the reproduction of the wage relation right this wage relation being absolutely se- essential to capitalism which is like this um, this tie between us, the workers, and capital, which actually happens, like, you know, within us selling our labor and getting a wage for it. That wage relation yeah. itself is kind of in crisis right now, and you see that when people cannot be connected to like decent jobs. And I think that this is one of the real crises that um, has been growing, and I think it's one that's that's only going to get more um, more intense uh, after into and after the after the pandemic and there's a lot of theorizing that you could do about what happens when you start to have a crisis in the reproduction of the wage relation like what does that mean for capital if people can no longer be like inserted into like the value producing machinery anymore like if more and more people are separated from that if there's more and more shall we say surplus population and what does that mean for the future of mm-hmm. capitalism and then you can start reading endnotes and theory communist <laughs> and you can start to create an entire theory around or that sort of shit i don't know It's like
0: classic uh prison police abolition theory as well right because what are the what are the prisons and police serve to do what's their purpose they they deal with the relative surplus population and they actively go out there and recreate it mm. right because it's a thing that needs to be maintained. It's not just they're responding to this passive existence because capital needs that to exist in order to discipline the labor force. So d- don't worry, guys. This is still uh, communism 101. You don't have to read endnotes if you don't want to. I'm not going to force don't. that on you, although you should <laughs> <I will. laughs> You should do it anyway. Um, or we will, so you don't have to. Yeah. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, okay. All right. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. Because, uh, you know, we've been talking a whole lot about capitalism and how bad it is at, you know, creating and distributing goods, which is the thing a mode of production is supposed to do. Um, what is it doing poorly that, say, another mode of production, say, I don't know, some kind of communist central planning? Like, who's to say that we wouldn't be having these same problems? Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
1: It's really like the acephalist nature of the market and all these like contradictory tendencies of capital that have got us to this point in the beginning. Like under no rational social system would you imagine like creating intellectual property on one continent – Right. And then sending that intellectual property all the way over to another continent where it gets produced in all these different factories. And then it gets sent on a ship all the way over back to that continent where it's finally brought together into one piece and then like delivered, you know, on that continent or to back to the other continent to begin with to be sold. Completely irrational.
0: You're saying that we should produce and distribute things based on some other system like uh not what's going to save us two cents perhaps but like where would it make the most sense to put the factory and where is there the greatest need something something of that nature
1: yeah I mean, even just within capitalism, I think you're already seeing, and I I threw off a tweet about this the other day. There's been all this talk for like since 2008, 2009 about like, we're seeing the end of neoliberalism and it's always been couched in these sort of like cultural or like political turns because this is like the United States, right? So everything has to be about like what the Democrats and Republicans are saying or whatever. And it's always a bunch of hot air and, and never actually like, comes to fruition because like ultimately the agency for like the end of neoliberalism doesn't come from Donald Trump or from Joe Biden. They're like a reflection of the sort of like objective conditions that exist in the different conflicts within it. Right. But the real end to neoliberalism will be the end of a phase of capitalist development. And I think that, as you start to see all these tendencies that really made the last phase what it was, including just in time production, including globalized production, uh, including like all sorts of marketized ways in order to do social reproduction through the state or whatever, the freeing of capital, like the limitlessness of like the of, of liquidity. As you start to see um, all that stuff be threatened by like the real actual contradictions of capitalism itself, like we're seeing in this particular crisis right now, that's when we can start to see, I think, the beginnings of a move away from what we've seen for the last 40 or 50 years and towards something else. Like within capitalism and like maybe it's it's something like um, a a new nationalism, maybe it's something like a neo fascism, maybe it's something like like
0: a Chinese style state capitalism.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. Maybe like the enlightened parts of the ruling class in this country will be like, our problem is that we can't do what China does. So we're gonna have to like change things around and use state power in such a way that we can discipline capital enough for you know for itself, like to in order to help capital out enough in order for us to have a good like national nationalist industrial economy. I think you've seen that out of the Republican Party and partially through Biden too in the guise of this new Cold War thing, talking about renationalizing industry and shit like that. I think it's a real possibility that we start to see this transition sooner rather than later. But again, not out of the realm of ideas or partisan politics or just like what some guy in the fucking Atlantic thinks (laughs) should happen in the future. But because like all the contradictions and crises of the last 40 or 50 years start to reach ahead where capital has to start flailing about and like, you know, figuring out some new sort of plan through trial and error. And then 10, 20 years down the line, we'll say like, well, that was when this giant epochal transition began. We might be living through it. Exciting times.
0: How funny is it gonna be if this overdetermined uh new, I don't know, quasi fascist nationalist mode of production is carried out by Joe Fucking Biden. Hell yeah. I think <laughs> like cool. everyone was so scared cool. that Trump was gonna be the one to do a fascism. And it turns out nope, it's Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. It would be funnier if uh, Joe Biden did it.
1: It would be you know, hilarious.
2: Tr- tra- it funny, funny either way, guys. Yeah. 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 Also, Trump you know, so don't fucking funny. <laughs> like, uh, like uh,
1: Trump's still got a chance. <laughs> he's got a chance. 2024, oh, baby. You yeah. think he's going yeah. quietly into that quiet. good night? He is not going out with a whimper. If anything, he's going to go out with a
0: bang no he's no, doing saw... only
1: productive labor right now and he, now.
0: <laughs> and
1: he wow. is the treats president par excellence he's the oh, one fuck. that says that it's only the democrat um communists who are who are like disallowing you from having all the treats you want and if he was president he would go in there and he would like literally probably use state power in order to like break up all these like blockages in the supply chains so you could get your three musketeers bar he would make that promise and he might actually do it (laughs) let them eat swedish fish
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god
1: let them eat tasty cake
0: Yeah. the future like have you guys noticed that like any year you'd name to someone that is at all in the future like fucking 20 years from now you say to someone like where do you see yourself in uh in 2041 they're like why the fuck would you say that to me holy like, shit no one wants to think about that year yeah.
2: no i've i've not but, like, thought we're about all
0: gonna be alive then probably
1: God forbid. <laughs> like,
0: it's not that long from
1: now. No, no, it's not that long from now at all. It'll be here before you fucking know it. No, no way. But we're in... No I've had theses, theses is a, about this on History as a Weapon before. Like, I feel somewhat vindicated if, the you know, if, like, this continues, that the, the thesis that Matt and I came together on and other people have, of course, done too, is that, like, we're in this sort of turbulent moment just like the 1970s where things are realigning and you've got like potentially this chaotic beginning of a new age maybe i'll be right imagine if i'm right at the end of all that that'd be exciting wouldn't it
0: oh boy i mean on some level yes sure
1: (laughs) i think i'm right i don't think that there's any any fucking uh like neoliberalism quote unquote is completely exhausted ideologically and we know yeah i think you you are
0: right but it that doesn't mean that any of this like it's going to suck like you're right and it sucks
1: yeah, everything
2: always let's, sucks so it's fine. let's hope it's an eddy and not a whirlpool you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm.
0: oh boy oh boy not a vortex
1: not a not a vortex wait
0: i thought we liked the vortex the
1: vortex is communism only when what? we get from the eddy to the to the turbulence and into the out of that and into the vortex do we open up the annals of time and the revolutionary space sperm comes in and um, yeah. is opens the up the room of history. The
0: egg. That's <laughs> yeah. communization theory, folks. He learned that from reading Ed Notes. No,
1: is it's it, not true. Is, <laughs> is, the,
2: is the communist wo- or vortex a meme I don't know about? Or It's is just that- some,
1: think, dumb, yeah. it's some dumb shit that me and my friends used to joke about, like, the many, like, over a decade ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, just, like, to, weird. Just to...
0: Just to- to, to repeat a joke that like 10 people are going to get. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's I, what I did but, but, just now. But I
1: want those people to start understanding communism as a vortex. Open the vortex and let us in. That is our demand. That and time abolition. It's well, abolish yeah. time and open the vortex and let us in. <laughs> These are the revolutionary really? watchwords. Watch
0: yeah, when I run for the frickin' school board, I'm going to be a two-issue candidate, <laughs> and it's open the vortex and abolish time.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, how could we'll you see. lose? There's no way you could lose.
2: We'll see Taking how- all the clocks off the walls in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> no more the clocks in the classroom. The clocks
0: are on strike, all right? They're not coming back.
1: I think you win by a landslide. And then also if you, like, say, like, anti-CRT— then you can get both sides, you know?
0: Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially I, the clock thing, children would have to be allowed to vote for that to be a winning issue. Yeah, yeah. that's But, you know, true. maybe that could be my primary demand. No
1: bedtimes, no masters.
0: Oh, my no Oh, my God. <laughs> I, oh, my God. Uh, unironically, dude. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, the guy who can only eat frosted mini-weeds really has a tough year ahead of him.
1: Ooh! wait what are you talking yeah. about are you talking about that guy who said that strikes are ableist
0: i mean it was in reference to the kellogg strike but mm-hmm. also yeah <laughs> there there could be some other reasons he won't be getting his frosted minnie weights yeah.
1: rip rip so
0: s- sucks for that guy
1: yeah it sucks to be disabled what no, kind of disability I mean, is it where you can only I mean, have frosted does. flakes? I mean, it
0: probably. does. I mean, look, I'm freaking disabled. I got the the ADD in my brain, so yeah, I can tell you, it's not ideal. That's why you're anti-strike know, now. I'm, I'm making I'm making it work. That's should, why I'm what now.
1: Should we end this episode? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're at like well, we're like over an hour now. I think we're over
0: be, an hour. Yeah. We got um. We're at sixty-nine we got... minutes on my end. Nice, <laughs> nice. wow, okay. Um, well, we got we got a little bit of Fash watch, but we could save that for uh, for the uh, the Twitch. Yes, yeah. save it for the we're stream we're gonna do tomorrow. Yeah. Um, oh, let's do some plugs. Before we go, you want to plug some stuff, Paul?
1: Well, before that, <clears throat> sorry to jump in, Paul, but let's plug the Antifada, folks. We need more patrons. In fact, we uh, would love for you, if you enjoy our content, to sign up at Patreon.com/slash/TheAntifada. Become a patron. You get access to a ton of bonus content. Jamie's uh, putting some of that together right now to be out when Friday or oh, next yeah. week. Oh yeah. Um,
0: no, Vamp- Vampire Castle is my little premium series I do with Leslie Lee from Struggle Session. And I know it's been a minute since we've done one, but we are recording this Sunday, 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 Sunday. Um, I really hate jinxing it by telling people when I'm recording stuff, but uh, I have no reason to believe that it won't happen. So, yeah, that's going to be up for you next week that comes out on... Fridays as a bonus, so that'll be fun. And we have some anti-fada prize packs that
1: we're giving to everybody to try to get back to that magical number of nineteen
0: seventeen. We try to keep it steady at nineteen seventeen. Right? You know, not too many more, not too many less, because that's you know we got to keep our eyes on the goal. And as our friend Shuja hater once said, nineteen seventeen is always the goal.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's my lucky yeah, number. Y- <laughs> y-
2: you don't want to overshoot and hit 1921
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. little joke for the real heads yeah yeah paul what do you got um, for us
2: um i produce uh real abstractions great show uh season two starting up very soon love uh, a
0: podcast with seasons
2: yeah yeah well we we took a uh Hiatus for a minute because uh, uh, Cordelia is uh, writing a fucking book and moved to France.
0: So. Damn. Yeah, well, that'll uh, do
2: it. And uh, and then um, I produce Mortal Science on the Emancipation, uh, Emancipation Network, Emancipation, <laughs> mm-hmm. with uh, uh, with uh, Esri and C. Derek Barn, and they uh, uh, they do a great job, great show. So it's, uh, it's about communism and stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Uh I do uh I do Varn vlog, the, the audio version of Derek Varn's solo pod uh podcast. And I do uh Everybody Loves Communism. Hey. Jamie's show with uh Jorge. I don't know if Jorge's last name is public, but his
0: last name is not public at the okay. moment. He need- well, he's he needs a nom de guerre like you, Paul.
2: Yeah, Jorge um Jorge line goes down. Jorge, Jorge uh microphone cable yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah and uh and you guys know about uh everybody loves communism so i won't describe I mean, it
0: i hope so i people keep telling me that they don't that they didn't know about it before so i feel like i should be pushing it a little harder maybe well, um, throw one of those episodes
1: I, in the antifada stream soon
0: I'm going to do just that. Oh yeah. Um, and then everyone will be so excited for new everybody loves communism that they don't even notice that there's not a new antifada because we're taking the week off. Um, no, we might not do it that way, but that might be a fun way to do it. But I just spoiled it because now everyone's gonna know what we're doing. Um, but no, I have a new show. It's called Everybody Loves Communism. It's specifically focused on history and theory, so it's uh, it turns out that's uh, that's more work than a normal podcast. But uh, I'm fucking up to it, I got I started it with Aaron Thorpe from Trilby's, but he had to take a little leave of absence. But I've rebooted it. It's back, folks. It's back. It's better than ever. Um, I rebooted it with my friend Jorge who I know from DSA and my capital reading group. And he is really rising to the occasion. I'm very proud of him. Um, And yeah, the next episode is going to be on the Paris Commune because uh, turns out in order to understand a whole bunch of theory that's out there, you have to do some history first. And that is how... We gotta start it up so we can then move on to chapter three of State and Revolution by Lenin. Um, by Lenin, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be out real, real soon. So check oh, yeah, it yeah. out, fans.fm/slash Everybody Loves Communism, or type it into any podcast app. But if you want to give us money, you gotta do it. Fans FM. Although I think we're probably going to start a Patreon too for people who are like, I just want everything in one place on Patreon. But we're going to charge a little more on there to make up for the fact that they take a bigger chunk of your money than our friend Kyle, the class trader, does at Fans FM, which he just made because he likes leftist podcasts.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And if you if you want to give me money, um, uh, DM me. <laughs> or or, or, Paul, uh, or do, donate to the uh, donate to the Twitch. Come check out the Twitch stream; it's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it's a whole Paul's lot. Paul's
0: got his Venmo in his Twitter bio. Like, yeah. please compensate me for my emotional labor. Hell
1: yeah! Yeah, that's that's how you gotta be <laughs> these days, man. That's how you break. That's how you get through the crisis of the reproduction of the wage. Hell yeah! Top dogs, All right, so. let's send this bad boy to Andy. Dogs, right. To chop we'll it do up. Do it. All right, later, guys.
3: Later. Just- Bye. Another court case. $22 $22 million check, bring me more weight From dirty 20s in the floor safe To court size seats where the Warriors play Yeah, young, thick bitches drinking bottles like water Tried stepping on my shoes, it just made me go harder My Ar- and partner said we just getting started So much cash, I grabbed a bag in the apartment We really outside, it feel good to be alive Throw them bronze in the trash and fire up a vibe I'm with the whales now Bank by Morocco, brand worth to be. I should write me a novel. Military escorts out in the Congo. Lunch in Sinaloa, but I fell asleep in Cabo. I don't boast much. We them guys now. We control the supply chain worldwide now. Pretty light brown. Bitch with an attitude Yeah, they love the dick when they mad at you M's, I'ma grab a few Friends, I only have a few I'm 35, still trying to get a package through Yes, dope boy, but they call me the goat Late night and the ghost trying to dig in the throat They ask why I'm always tripping Cause shipping get old And I'm caught up in the game All the water in the chain Yeah, I'm probably on the plane Chopping next level plays OJs, I'm stuck in my old ways OG, yeah Hell yeah. Chivo. Chivo, John Burn. yeah, Aunt Tamborino. I'm on top dog status, I'm just moving up the rank. Yeah, top dog status, I'm just moving up the rank. I'm on top dog status, I'm just moving up the rank. Yeah, top dog status, I'm just. I'm, just, I'm on top dog status, I'm just moving up the rank. Yeah, top dog status.